Well, I don't know what to do about that. Do you think that other microphone will help fix that since we're not right on top of it? I don't know, but we've already started recording, so let's worry about that later. <laughs> this week on Erotic Awakening, is your relationship ready for non-monogamy, overpaid spanking, and lust for blood? Welcome to Erotic Awakening, an exploration of all things erotic. If you are offended by adult topics or prohibited by law, we recommend you stop listening right now. The Erotic Awakening Podcast is grateful for the support of our patron community who receive ad-free early access to podcasts as well as other perks. Thank you to all of our supporters. I was just looking through our list today. Mm -hmm. We have a shit ton of supporters. Thank you, everybody. Yes, we do. And, but we are always happy to have more. Absolutely. So, uh, Dawn. Well, well, they get well. They get free stuff, right? We've got free eBooks out there, and they just got a ten percent off coupon from Maynard Gear. They and, did. They you did. know all kinds of stuff. We're actually um, going to. I'm going to reformat that list of all the free things they get because I think, and and republish it because we've added a lot of stuff. Oh, cool. But we'll talk about that more later. That's Ooh. kind of a little business thing. Can that you is, hear? I wonder, podcast listeners, can you hear the birds? No, because they stopped tweeting just as you said something. Bastards. Uh, we <laughs> we got sitting... to see, wait, wait, we got to see birds recently. I mean, we see birds all the time, but we're on the Chesapeake Bay right now, mm -hmm. and we got to actually go to the water, so mm -hmm. the Potomac River. Is it the Potomac? I think it's the Potomac River. And we were there, and there's like ospreys all over the place, and I've never seen, even though I'm from the Chesapeake Bay, we always had to canoe out into the water to see the nest up on like the buoys and the post and stuff like that. These were like in the parking lot, and I just haven't seen that before. We were walking around in uh, here in Virginia on the beach. We were uh, seeing the ospreys, and we are currently mm -hmm. sitting here. In the RV mobile studio with the door open <laughs> and the dog standing out the door looking at all the things. So, indeed. And we're always hearing the birds. So. We, are, we hear the birds. We're, we're kind of like following the spring line up the East Coast. Mm -hmm. So, it's kind of neat because spring will start blooming in South Carolina and then we're moving to North Carolina and it's just starting there. And now we're up to Virginia and it's just starting here. And then we'll be moving up to New York where it's probably going to be cold. You know what? It's that kind of <laughs> negative attitude that makes me want to... Oh, there's the birds. <laughs> Saved me before distracted. I got any further. No, no, that's, that was... <laughs> Today on the podcast, we are going to actually be talking about things pretty quickly, as a matter of fact. The first thing we're going to talk about, Dawn, is... Uh, and we'll get right to it, is, Dawn, how do you know if your relationship is ready... For non-monogamy. And what this means, the question actually means, and it's it's actually a series of questions that we've been, mm -hmm. that we're going to be going through. Yeah, we had a listener give us a series of questions. And this first one suggests that, and I have been uh, on a lot of swing w uh, sites lately, as far as Facebook goes. Mm-hmm. Uh, matter of fact, the one for people that are swingers and live in RVs are, is called the Pineapple Express, by the way. Mm -hmm. Yep, yep. So... You know, one of the things that happens with with that style of non-monogamy often, and but we see it in polyamory a lot too, is an existing couple says, let's open our relationship. Let's delve into either threesomes or full-blown swinging or polyamory or some form of ethical non-monogamy. 
That does seem to be the way it gets started, and if often, often not always, of course, no, no, obviously, no. obviously, that's and not the obviously, case for you know, we used to run a polyamory event, and there's a huge community of polyamory that doesn't like it when it starts out as a couple, sure. and the couple opens up, and they're trying to bring in a third or other couples or whatever. But if you go out on the swing sites, like you said, which is also a form of ethical non-monogamy, um, it usually starts out as couples. That have opened up their mm-hmm. relationships and there's rules involved and there's, you know, things like that. So um, there's there's different ways of doing ethical non-monogamy. But the point for today's podcast mm-hmm. is, is to take it from that perspective of we are an existing couple uh, and we want to practice some form of non-monogamy. And we're not right. going to worry about whether it's swinging polyamory, whatever. How do you know that your relationship is ready to take that step? I'm going to honestly say, I don't think you do know. And I'm going to base that on experience because you and I, when we got together, we knew that we were going to do some sort of ethical non-monogamy, even though we didn't know that that was a term, Mm -hmm. right? You know, we had the idea. It was going to be ethical as in both of you, you and I would know exactly what each other was doing all the time, right? So try to make it as comfortable as possible, I guess, right? So it was going to be ethical. We weren't going to cheat. And it was non-monogamy because it was more than you and me, right? So ethical non-monogamy, even though we didn't have the term. But we didn't know. I mean, we had this utopia idea, or at least I had this utopia idea. I knew I felt that way. And logically, it made sense to me. But I also had never done that before. So was I going to feel jealous of you being with other people? Were you going to be jealous? I mean, we talked about it naughtily all the time, right? Especially when we were fucking. You know, that was the hot fantasy fodder. So was it really going to work when we did it in person? So for you and me, we started toe dipping. We started doing a little bit at a time to see how we emotionally reacted to it and see what form it was going to take for it to work for us. Now, if we had jumped right in, knowing of the jealousy that we both experienced in later years, Mm -hmm. if we had both jumped right in and did full speed ahead, it may not have worked out the way that it did work out. Because I think because we took it slow, that it worked out for the most part until we started turning it into dating separate poly and things like that. And then we had our own hurdles. Uh, obviously, it wouldn't have worked out the same way. would have worked out in a different way. That's fine. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I think one of the, the, the first things I want to mention, and, and I disagree with you. I think you can tell. So for people that are listening, don't just say, oh, you can't tell. Oh, fuck it. I won't try it. Or fuck it. Let's go full speed ahead. I think there are some factors that contribute to knowing you're going to be mm, to leaning towards greater success. Let me put it that way. Okay, because I'm, I'm thinking, and I absolutely want you to, to have a full conversation about that out of your head, but I'm, I'm thinking of, oh, wait, me and the ex-husband. No, nah, that wouldn't have worked. Not at all. We moved five states over because he saw me talking to my ex-boyfriend that he knew I had a huge, huge crush on in high school. Yep. So no, uh, no, no none of that would have worked. And, okay. and I will put a, a side note that in the next episode of the Erotic Waking Podcast, we will go from this conversation into the how do I handle jealousy conversation. Mm-hmm. But before we get there, um, first off, I want to say that a lot of people will tell you that 
non-monogamy, ethical non-monogamy is not a solution to marital problems. Meaning that if you've got problems with your marriage, then don't look at swinging, don't look at polyamory as a fix for that relationship. Oh no, yeah. Now, there is some validity to that, but I'm also going to suggest that it is not always the right thing to say. So, for example, we know uh, more than one couple that began the path of ethical non-monogamy because one of the people became unable to sexually perform anymore or chose not to sexually perform anymore. Or even had an interest in it. I mean, sometimes medicine, sometimes medical issues, sometimes, you know, changing hormones, whatever, just causes you not to be interested anymore. So we have a situation there where um, two people very much still love each other, still friends, still get along, still want to live together, still want to raise kids together, but are not sexually compatible. And ethical non-monogamy is an easy solution for that. Uh, And it is, you know, so when people say you can't use, don't use ethical non-monogamy to fix your marriage problems, I look at things like that and say, well, actually, Mm. you know, there are some opportunities, some solutions in ethical non-monogamy. Now, you know, and even situations where... um, a, if if one of the partners comes out of the closet, so to speak, and you're in a, oh, yeah. in a hetero relationship, or vice versa, you're in a gay relationship, and one of the people came out of the closet and says, you know what, I want to actually have sex with the alt, um, opposite. opposite gender. Thank you. Again, ethical non-monogamy gives you options to explore that, again, coming back to the word ethically, because all the situations I just listed, otherwise... The standard practice would be to simply cheat on your partner, you know, and ethical non-monogamy prevents that from having to be the solution. So, and even though going back to my answer, I think sometimes you can know and sometimes you can't know, right? So like thinking of ex-relationship. Uh, yeah, that would never have worked. As a matter of fact, I tried to have it work. Mm-hmm. And um, that just fell on deaf ears. It just never would have happened. So, um, but sometimes, ju- and just because you think it might work, doesn't mean jealousy isn't going to happen either. Sure. Right? So maybe that's what I'm thinking about. I'm here with all these these thoughts in my head. So even if you think it will work, like mine and yours... Doesn't mean jealousy is not going to happen. And mm-hmm. we were very aware of that. We did not promise not to get jealous. We allowed our emotions to happen and then looked at our emotions as tools. Mm-hmm. So if I was feeling jealous, which I did at the beginning, right? If I was feeling jealous, I had to look at that. You know, why am I feeling jealous? Oh, I'm scared of being alone. Oh, I'm scared of being left. Oh, I'm scared of being rejected. Well, if I'm scared of that stuff, there's no way to live in a world without that stuff. So if I'm scared of it, what work am I going to do to work on myself? Mm -hmm. So we ended up doing a lot of self-work so that we could have our poly and our swinging and our ethical non-monogamy and make it work. And some people are not going to realize. I was getting ready to say some people aren't willing to do the work. But it's even deeper than that. Some people don't realize that they can do self-work and help the road to making this happen, right? Some people are so 
trigger, and I am not judging this at all, been there, done that, but I'm, I'm thinking of some stuff that I've read recently about um, some people's reactions, and they're so overwhelmed, and they're so triggered, and they're so uh, discombobulated that they don't even realize that they can do work to help resolve all of that. Mm-hmm. To them, it just feels wrong, so it is wrong, so, you know... And if there's a wrong, that means somebody's right. Now you've got, you know, one versus the other and us and them. And it, it just becomes all confusing for them. Yeah. I, I think you, you go back to the, the initial question. Mm-hmm. How do I know? Is your relationship ready for non-monogamy? I, I'm going to go back and actually agree in a way with you to say you can't know for a fact, right? I can visualize what it's like for Dawn to have sex with another person. I can visualize what it's like for her to be in love with another person. And I can walk that through my mind and think, oh, I'm, okay. I'm going to be okay with that. Mm-hmm. But until it actually happens, you don't actually know how you're going to respond. I think a better question is, what are the foundational aspects that we should focus on prior to non-monogamy? Because that you can do, right? And, and I don't mean this to be um, self-pitching, mm-hmm. but, you know, the Polyamory Toolkit is a book you and I wrote with 15 plus tools, heck, 25. I think it's 25, yeah. yeah. Tools on how to communicate, how to deal with the emotional aspects, how to deal with the physical aspects of non-monogamous relationships. Having something like that, having a resource that you and the partner have said, look, let's dig into this resource and build our foundation. Mm -hmm. What are we going to, you know, what are our, uh, again, this is a a big difference. In the swing community, it is much more acceptable to create boundaries around your relationship before you get started than it is in some other ethical non-monogamy relationships types. So to say, what are we going to do if this happens. If my jealousy is this level, what are we going to do about it? Mm -hmm. Um, Some adjustments are minor. Some adjustments, you know, are much more complicated. The, The goal is, I would think, the foundational aspect is simply the simplest thing, and we teach this in our slutty sex class, is there's the before you do it, there's the the doing it, but then what are you doing afterwards, right? The next day, when you're back together, right, have a nice normal meal, and how are you going to process, here's how that went, Mm -hmm. right? Um, So the ability to to face each other and, and do some processing together, you know, that's a big key to me, what you need to do to have a foundation that's ready to explore non-monogamy. Yeah, that's that's pretty much what I was going to say as well as that whole communication thing. Decide how you're going to communicate. I mean, Dan and I didn't know this, right? We didn't know that we talked a lot. We talked a lot about this, but we didn't actually have like any communication tools in place for if a thing happened. Mm-hmm. So, you know, talk about how you're going to communicate. That's a big one, not just communicate, communicate, communicate. How are you going to communicate? You know, are, are you going to do like a porch time thing? Are you going to do like a talking stick thing? Are you going to have a, a, a glass of wine and say, hey, I need to sit down? You know, what's, what's your thing that you're going to do? The other thing that I like to bring up is l- 
to reiterate what I said before, and that you can't promise to control your emotions. I was mm. on a swing site recently where, um, no, actually it was an RV site. And someone's like, hey, I heard there's a lot of swingers in the RV world and people were trashing it, blah, blah, blah. And um, some people spoke up and said, you know, it's not a big deal. We're just playing with other people. It's not like we're falling in love. And I held my tongue because <laughs> I'm like, oh, don't ever promise not to fall in love because it happens, right? What are you going to do if it happens? Is this supposed to be off the table? Well, if it's supposed to be off the table, but it happens, does that mean your partner now has to hide it? You know, how are you going to communicate these things? So, you know, if you are in a relationship where you have good communication, where you have some of the same um, desires of following this path and where you're willing to talk about it and deal with surprises, you know, that's, you don't even have to know if you're ready, if you're able to communicate. Mm -hmm. You know, if, if you're able to communicate, go forward. If you're not able to communicate, build that first. So... That's my opinion. I think it's a valid opinion. It's a good opinion, and I completely agree. <laughs> um, you know what? The last thing I'll say about it is if it's something that's on the table, something that you were talking about, something that you're, you're really looking into, fucking just go for it. If not now, when? Exactly. That's our motto kind of right now. So, <laughs> if not now, when? Yep. So, Don, um, if I didn't know when now was, but and I wanted to know when when is, like, I wanted to know when you and I are going to be in uh, presenting the Big Dan and Dawn full weekend intensive in Troy, New York at Locke. And I don't remember that it's April 15th to 17th. <laughs> How would I find out about that? Well, you can keep up with all of our events, book news and discounts and more via the Erotic Awakening newsletter. And get your E to E, e, to e to A, your EA shout out <laughs> like... Doug from New York. Or Opal from Texas. Ted from Idaho. Heather from Washington. George from Atlantis. G that's <laughs> well, George. We've, we've gone international and, and inner something else. Inner space, <laughs> there aquatic, go. I don't know. Uh, Jamie from the Austin, Oregon. Brad from Ohio. Delia. Delia. Thank you. Delia from Southern California. Awesome. So head over to eroticawakening.com and subscribe today. Dawn, one of the great things about the traveling around is we get to attend a variety of events. For example, we were recently in Salisbury, North Carolina, and we have attended the, I think, first ever Carolina Poly Munch. We even ran into a podcast listener named Christy there. We did. And we ran into a vendor... Damn it. I'm not going to be able to think of his <laughs> name off the top of my head, his vending. It was Top Hat something. And we had run across him in Myrtle Beach in North Carolina. What was it? CCFF. And we got to talk about Mr. Malaprop. Mm -hmm. So as a wood vendor, he knew Mr. Malaprop. So we got to share a few stories about that. So the late Mr. Malaprop. And uh, that was, that was kind of neat to actually run across someone that we had talked to before that knew people we knew when we're in a totally different state and gone to a poly munch with 40 some people it was a huge munch right mm -hmm. and um to actually come across somebody 
somebody that we knew. And we gave away a couple of our poly books. We did. As the icebreaker. So that was kind of cool. We met some good people. I'm hoping, we gave our card out. I'm hoping they, they actually reach out and, and get in touch. So if any of you guys from the Salisbury Poly Munch um, got our card or heard us talk about the podcast and you're listening, feel free to reach out. Yeah, and, and it was... It was Really, and I'll just tell this quick story. Okay. Uh, there was what ended up being about forty people there. Yeah, a, a good forty. And it was interesting, you know. We, so we I, we sat across from another couple, totally randomly, <laughs> and the guy asked what my favorite band is, and I said, you know, I've been listening to a lot of Yes lately, so I said, well, I guess Yes would be my favorite band. His eyes lit up. He got so excited, and that led to a I don't know a forty minutes. Uh-huh. Conversation about music and all this kind of Going stuff. Going down that was the a rabbit hole, sharing different band names and yeah, really neat. So I, I love that sort of sort of conversation. That was a lot of fun. So Dan, I just got a message from our editor on our newest book, Hearts and Collars. Yeah, where did you now? Yeah, so I checked with her to see how things were going, and she is on schedule for getting the the first round of editing done. The first round is never the final round. But um, so here we are in April of 22, and hoping to get the editing done, hopefully by the end of this month. So, and we still have the Indiegogo going with it and i think there's like only 16 days left to help us fund to pay for the editor and the graphics and things like that so that we can get that first print job out and then as perks you get early copies for less money <laughs> before anyone else absolutely uh really looking forward to this book coming out mm -hmm. it's been quite a um kind of quite a journey for us in getting that put together and it's just we've really taken our time and, and crafted it looking forward to hearing and uh, not looking forward to hearing more about it i hear about it all the time <laughs> looking forward to it being out and available to everybody yeah so well we kept thinking we didn't have a lot to say now who listens to the podcast and well everybody listening right now listens to the podcast <laughs> <laughs> and it's got over 600 shows and we present all the time hell we're presenting for tests in about 40 minutes and um we have a lot more to share, not just to say, but stories to share about what we've been through over the last 21 years. So that we really think will will help other people and and yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to it. Me too. Awesome. The uh, other of course we still have our, our random kinks to go through. What's the what's the Indiegogo um, thingamabobby? Or the, well, they can just go to eroticawakening.com, right? Or they can go to heartsandcolors.com. Nice. And it'll take you to the Indiegogo if you are interested in supporting it. Awesome. So, Dawn, uh, before we get into our three fetishes, mm -hmm. I have to rant for a moment. Oh, no. Uh, it'll just be a, a very short rant. I'm like, what about now? <laughs> No, what are you going to rant about now? Oh, what about now? <laughs> what gotcha. soapbox? Uh, no, this is not. This is well. This is a classic one. Okay. This is the one where you take a thing that you do. Yes. You add the word tantra to it, <laughs> and then you charge <laughs> ten so times the amount of money. I'm going to tell you, this is why we do kadishti work instead of tantra work. It mm -hmm. is one of the reasons that we went the Kadishti route. But go, go ahead. I, I think I know what you're going to say. Well, this is... I came across a um, somebody who is offering Tantra spankings. 
Mm-hmm. That will allow you to reach a tantrika zen transcendental state. That's their lot mm-hmm. words. To help all kinds of... And I'm not even going to go through all the shit that it's supposed to heal. Um, a mere three-hour session is a mere 750 bucks. So I, I do want to throw out there that when I do my Eros Gathering Zooms... And I'm talking about chakra work, the energy centers. Mm -hmm. And I'm talking about the root chakra. I do suggest spankings to help activate that root chakra. Mm -hmm. My Zooms are free. (laughs) And spanking is not hard to do. (laughs) You should be charging apparently. $750. Yeah. Wow. I'm in the wrong business, man. If you are receiving a Tantra spanking and you're getting value from it and you're getting $750 worth of value from it, then good for you. Um, You know, I don't necessarily um, put a lot of credence to a lot of things, Mm -mm. but if it's working for you, work it. But I just really have a challenge with, um, nah, fuck it. Who cares what I think? (laughs) <laughs> I got to say it. I'm done with it. Okay. All right. You got to say it and verbalize it. So awesome. <laughs> All right. Let's get into some fetishes. Those right. we can agree on. Okay. You want the... Um, well, you're already looking at I it. Already so looked you at take them. the first one. Okay. Or give me the first one, I should say. So the first one is... So we are looking at fetishes and kinks. And um, just discovered... Oh my God, we didn't even talk about this. We just uh, taught, taught. We, we shared about kink and poly to a university... Uh, group. We were a uh, guest oh, right, for right. that for that uh, class, and one of the things that they pieced together about me was that kink is my fetish, right? Mm-hmm. So kink are things that you enjoy. Fetish is how you get off, right? Mm-hmm. And I said during part of it that I would never date Vanilla again because I need to have kink in my sex to really get off. And they're like, oh, so would your fetish be kink? And it's like, well, fuck me. Yes. (laughs) Yes, it is. Wow. How come I've never, I mean, I've kind of seen it and thought around it, but I've never really like put that together. So kink is my fetish and power exchange is one of my kinks, but altogether. So that's my fetish. So anyway, we're getting ready to look at three fetishes. So, and I'm going to give you one and I'm going to say, is it an interest? Is it a kink? Is it a fetish? Okay. Okay. So do you like it? Do you want it? Or do you need it? And the first one is group sex, also called, oh my God, why do they have to make these so complicated? Polyiterophilia, group sex. So group sex and multiple party scenarios can be quite hot, but they can also be uncomfortable. Uncomfortable because they're hot? So let's just go group sex. We don't need all the commentary with it. No. Um, I have had the opportunity to partake in group sex a couple times, and, and I'm simply going to define group sex as three, More than two. More than two. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Threesomes would definitely Threesomes fit. and up. Um, mm-hmm. And I, I've done... A couple of threesomes, not a lot, but a few, and even fewer more than threesomes. Um, I think I would not currently call it a fetish. I do not. Uh, I do not masturbate and think about group sex. It is something I certainly would be willing to explore more. I suppose it's not a big, not a big one for me. I guess. 
Hmm. Do I masturbate to it? So is that a fetish or a kink? I don't know. Do I masturbate to group sex? Oh, yeah. I love the idea of uh, me being the only girl mm-hmm. and having a group of guys. I go through all kinds of scenarios with that. Surprises, okay. not surprises, scheduled, not scheduled, you know, <laughs> whatever, right. all the time. And then condoms come into play and who's going to make sure people are wearing condoms and being safe. And then it just gets uh, too complicated. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't happen very often. Um, I've n- once... I have had the two guys and me, and it didn't work out very well. So most of my experiences is two girls, me and another girl, and you or someone else. (laughs) But you've had opportunities to be more, less girls, more guys. Oh, yeah. So there's been opportunities, right? I just haven't jumped into it. I mean, there's been times I've gone to house swing parties where... I could have just jumped on a mattress and had people climb on me or, you know, swing clubs or stuff like that. But, you know, it just hasn't worked out. I'm, I'm the type that would rather it be people I know and can trust. That's how I do sex. Um, I'm, I'm a slut that needs to know the people she's slutting with. <laughs> so one of the interesting things as we travel around the nation, we look around and see what kind of events are going on. And gangbangs are actually a fairly common event that you can com- come across. That's what, it, yeah, that's what it seems like. That's what we're finding. Yeah. And what I've seen is that it's, uh, I haven't felt any desire to go to a gangbang and be, and be a participant, mm-hmm. but I almost talked myself into going into a, to a gangbang with the podcast gear not too long ago. Hmm. I mean, like this, like it would have been yesterday or okay. something. Right, with the idea of, I don't want to go and experience the gangbang directly, I want to experience it indirectly. Mm. I want to interview people that are that are participating, or the, especially the person who's being centered mm-hmm. in that, and to see what that's like, that experience is like. And to see, and that gives me the opportunity also to find out if my dick says, oh yeah, man, you should be getting me over that shit. <laughs> so, well, that would be fun. And we see group sex. I mean, we've been to events where we see group sex. We've been mm-hmm. to swing house parties. We've been to Dark Odyssey. We've been to, so we've definitely witnessed it. And I don't know. I think if, um, if, I think if there was a way to do it like the objectification room was done at Dark Odyssey so many years ago, mm-hmm. where there was someone on guard that made sure everybody was being safe, then I would be more into it. Don, mm-hmm. how do you feel about Hema? <laughs> I want to see you pronounce this one. Oh, you would be close. It would have to be Hema something. Hematomia. Nice. The lust for blood and bleeding. So, not my thing. I am okay with a little bit of blood. I'm okay with needles. I'm okay with, you know, um, if a, if a whip breaks my skin or something like that. And I used to think that I wanted a cutting and, you know, and things like that. But I've seen some cuttings and I don't know that, nope, I can't stand there and watch it. And I don't know if I can have it done to me, which is a shame. I really thought I was going to be into it until I saw it. But um, we knew someone early on wow that would have been one of our first events oh and it was like in west virginia Mm -hmm. that probably would have been what 202 like 
2002, maybe 2003. Quite a while ago. Something like that. Very long time ago. And man, that was her thing. Oh my gosh. She dressed the part for it and everything and had a, had a quote donor and, and yeah, seems kind of risky to me. But no more riskier than other stuff, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And and if I'm just I'm just not into it. Not my thing. Yeah, I can remember the needle where I was going to be a, a needle bottom mm-hmm. for a demo, and you weren't sure if you were going to be able to stay for it, so you took precautions of like starting out yeah, sitting on the floor. No, but that that's a different <laughs> thing. That's not about blood so much, but about the. Um, Mm, golly, the the language is tricky, but the mm-hmm. um, the the breaking of the body, oh, the that's breaking right. of the skin, the breaking the in, of the skin, the intentional um, breaking of the outer shell. I guess. Maybe? I guess. Let's leave. I'll leave that one to okay. Contemplate. Well, that, that's a thinker. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, what's the last one? The last one is helplessness. So any role in which someone is helpless, they may be the victim to their role play partner, robber, kidnapper, etc. Or their partner may act as a savior. Think of a princess who needs saving or an inept housewife. An inept housewife. <laughs> this, this is totally, it's funny, the description uh-huh. doesn't match what I expected it to be. So, okay. Um, we'll go with what the description says. And I, no, nothing. I don't care. Yeah. So, and I think I like it. I think that's kind of sort of part of the dominance thing, maybe. And that's only because they say robber, kidnapper, etc. Mm-hmm. So, you know, of course I've got, I shouldn't say of course, not everybody has this fantasy, but there's times that I have the kidnapping fantasy, right? Though if it actually happened, I'd, I'd probably then be into golden showers because it would scare, it would scare me. But, um, <laughs> <laughs> but um, I've played the role of the prison the prisoner mm-hmm. with a prison guard and then that turned into something else because I had a fear of falling um, when you and I wrestle we don't wrestle I'm not supposed to wrestle back mm-hmm. so that's a form of helplessness yeah but but I'm not that doesn't strike me as what the description says right that's not oh yeah because I throw inept housewife in there right where the description seems to imply more of a role play perspective than a I've got you bound up, you can't move, and you are helpless to whatever I want to do to you. Oh, uh, yeah. No, and I don't do role play that well. Like I said, the one time I tried it, it turned into something yeah, <laughs> entirely yeah. else. I keep thinking, I've got 10 years of LARPing experience. You'd think I'd be a fabulous role player. And I have, I, 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 I kind of love the idea of trying role play, but it never seems to work out. I would like to try role play at some point, but yeah. simply because, like you said, right, we've got our live action role play experience, mm-hmm. and I like improv, oh, and you I like acting. at it. I feel like I would be good at it, but there's the level of, of, of I don't know, I don't want to say method acting, but getting into it enough that you don't think it's silly mm. to... Uh, really do it and and most of the situations well i wouldn't say that most i was gonna say many of the situations that come to mind are 
uh, ethically challenging situations. Right. right. So I, it just struck me. I've done role play one more time, and that was when I was the winch. Mm-hmm. And Bad Bunny and, and her partner ripped the buttons off as they whipped me because I didn't know where the key to the chest was. And then they brought out the kraken and the, the tentacles. <laughs> and that was actually really phenomenal. So, But it does take some headspace to get into, mm-hmm. right? So that you're not giggling at it. Right. So I would hate to have, uh, uh, have not been able to get into it and started giggling. It just would have ruined it for them. So I'm glad that really worked out. So although, although you do or do not get into the role play situations, you mm-hmm. certainly get into the tentacles in general. Mm-hmm. So someone, I had also mentioned that I was having dreams or fantasies about Velma and Shaggy, right? <laughs> And I've been looking up porn about Velma and Shaggy. And sometimes I can find the cartoons where someone's, you know, kind of redone it a little bit. And um, so someone's on Discord, on our Discord channel, sent me the story of Velma with tentacles. Mm-hmm. And um, hot, hot. <laughs> I like that combination. I, I, I like the fact that you're actually just choking on it there. <laughs> Take a moment to support the podcast. Rate us on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever you listen. Or just tell your friends. Feel free to contact us. We love interacting with you. Contact us with questions, podcast comments, or just to say hi. You can find us as Dana Dawn on the Twitter or FetLife. And we're Erotic Awakening on Instagram. We also give you <laughs> links that you can follow on the Erotic Awakening website for Facebook and Discord. Or just mail us at Dan and Dawn at eroticawakening.com. Bye, Dan. <laughs> Bye, Dawn. I want to wait till we get to the whips.